Okay, here we go. The Pan and Maggie Show. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. The Pan Show. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and last go. Welcome to the Pan and Mikey Show. So I says to her, I says, really? Oh, are we on? We're on the air? I'm sorry. God, I always get caught with my pants down. So I says to her, uh, this is episode 32, I think, in honor of O.J. Simpson being back on Twitter. Back? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he's back. Number 32. Can you name another famous number 32? Magic Johnson. Okay, can you name another one? Probably. Sandy Koufax. Ah, yee. Number 32 is our episodic number, though. And, uh, you know, so here I am, vice president of the junior high school at Illing Junior High. Right now? No, I was vice president. That's fucking weird. Vice president of student council, right? (laughs) Yeah. I'm about 13, 14 years old, and I'm thinking, I'm pretty cool. How how did you get voted? I know. They had an election. Yeah. In Japan, they had an erection. But here in America, they had an election, and I was voted in as the vice president of student council at Illing Junior High School until... Was this a school for the, quote, gifted? <laughs> and so uh, I, I get knocked out of the they, – they fired me, basically, from the student <laughs> council because I gave the finger to a history teacher, Mrs. Henry. Oh, my God. I gave her the finger, and she saw me do it. So they kicked me off That's student usually council. usually how it works. I go down to the principal's office, and the, Mr. Camerata, the student council advisor, and Mr. Sutliff – and Mr. Vincennes, they were all principals of the school. We're all there. And so were my parents. <laughs> Where did they come from? They, came, they called them in to, to kick me off student council. Uh, I never recovered. Uh, ah. Okay, so today's episode 32 is brought to you by the Shining Rock Golf Course in Northbridge, Massachusetts. Which is where I play golf. Which is where Ben does not play golf because mm-hmm. he doesn't play golf. Correct. And Schmitty is going to start playing golf at the at the uh, Shining Rock Golf Club because he has a brand new golf shirt. Well, that's true. It's a Callaway. It's and so we'll be expect to see out there on the links. Okay. Okay. Our other sponsor is Jars for Kids. No, it's it's actually it's Gars for Kids. Uh, we're, you know, instead of doing the car thing, the donation and all that, and the yeah. C three hundred one and yeah. all that. No, yeah. we're not going to. It's going to be a totally illegitimate charity, and we're going to give cigars to kids because kids love cigars. So, call one eight hundred Cigars for Kids <laughs> and talk to our representative. So, how are you boys doing anyway? How are you doing? You look great. Oh yeah, great. you didn't have a colonoscopy yesterday, so you look great. No, you do. Well. You look good. Do you lose ten pounds when you? Uh... I lost a good five. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was that that whistle when you walked in? <laughs> That's exactly what that was. I told you not to slam the door. <laughs> now, I had a colonoscopy guy who seemed pretty good, although he was Russian. And I said, what's your hurry? He he was uh, a Russian guy uh, who does these things. And I didn't want to make any nasty cracks about that. <laughs> so I didn't. What is with you in the drops? <laughs> uh, I got a trigger finger. It's it's, it's real itchy. I don't know what... <laughs> I just all of a sudden I hit this thing and right. so uh, I was concerned though that he might be a Red Sox fan. I have the Yankee tattoo on my ass, and you don't want. So I had to explain to this guy going into this thing. I said, "Look, you're going to see some things that you may that may alarm you." 
One of them is the Yankee tattoo on my left upper butt cheek. Yeah. The other one is the Orlando Magic logo on my upper right ass cheek. Yeah. I don't know. You don't know what these guys are fans. If they, you know, some fans are pretty fervent, and when they're doing something as delicate, you know, as removing a shampoo bottle from your colon. That thermos you had up there for a while, I heard about that. <laughs> all right, no, I'm kidding about all this. You know, the guy's not even Russian. Um, so our Dino podcast went very well, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. We had a t- just a pant load of downloads. Yeah. I guess that's redundant. We had a lot of downloads on the Dino episode, episode 31 last week. Sounded good, didn't he? He did sound good. Yeah, good now, I don't think yeah. Jerry Callahan would say he sounded good. No. But, you know, we could try to get Jerry Callahan in here. Well, look, I'm friends with both these guys going back 19, 20 years. Yeah. We certainly want to give him the opportunity if he wants to, you know, answer what uh, what Dino said in the podcast. That's fine. I don't have any problem with that. You think he'll, you think Jerry Callahan will come down here? No. <laughs> I think that was pretty easy, right? I, one time I had him on my TV show. It was the only time he ever really... Did anything cooperative, you know, at least as far as I was concerned. I never, of course, I never asked any favors of the guy either. You know who else has never done any favors for me? Rob Bradford. Well, I don't want to get, I don't want to start talking about the, the <laughs> WWE. Yeah, you like Callahan. I do. Yeah, I like Callahan. I do. I like all, I like everybody. See, this is the thing that Mutt never understood. He's the only guy I don't like. <sighs> Again. What? What's the matter? Nothing. Oh, so Mutt can mention me and you on the air, but he can't. He, I can't mention him on a podcast. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, it's in our contract. <laughs> he said some very bad shit about you. Oh well, I'm just telling <laughs> you. I get pissed off when people do. I that. appreciate that. Yeah, I'm, I got but your I don't back. Give a shit. Okay, so. You can take that load off of you now. He said, Dino and I are old ass, what do you say, old ass, washed up, irrelevant uh, dinosaurs or something. Well, at least you're washed. Assosaurus Rex would be be me, but maybe that's true. But if we're so irrelevant, why is he playing sound clips from this podcast at 7.20 in the morning in drive time? Right? Oh. That's Spaceman. Say, who's that? Is that Bill Lee? Yeah, we should. Hey, let's call him. Well, okay, I'll call him. Howdy. For a day. Hey, Spaceman. Hey, it's Bill Lee. How many colon? Uh, yeah. How many colonoscopies have you had? I've had. I've had two now. Hold on, there, Spaceman. <laughs> I had one. I had one yesterday. Well, you're an asshole, Mike. That's why you get colonoscopies. <laughs> I I had one yesterday, and I got to tell you that uh, you know, as as sore balloon knots go, I'm right there at the top. <laughs> They, they sedate you for it, though. Yeah, they do. I, I was totally out of it, yeah. which is good. That's the thing about boys, you know. You you give them a second all, two lines of Peruvian flake, you know, a couple of <laughs> shots of tequila, and they'll they'll fuck they'll fuck anything that moves. <laughs> now you just were telling me on the cell phone that you played in a baseball game again. Let, let me ask you this: Yeah, you, you're seventy-two years old, right? Yeah. You're still pitching, okay? I know there are aches and pains that go along with being older, but and you probably feel those pains, but when there's a game, you're like, where's my glove? Yeah. You're Adrenaline. St- you still- Adrenaline is a great drug. You, you know, can't like resist. It allows mothers to uh, throw uh, you know, garbage trucks off of uh, infants and dogs. You know, It's an amazing thing. And For me, it's uh, baseball is the game. It's just the fact that you're competing – you get that adrenaline in you, and you go. I mean, I went out in the 
first guy threw a fastball, and he swung and had a pretty good swing. I threw him a straight change, hit it off the end of the bat, and he flew out the left field. And next guy, he swung at the first pitch and fouled it. And the, the next pitch, he hit a home run to dead right field off of me. And I'm going, pull the goddamn ball. You know, it was a short porch. The wind was blowing out. And uh, the <laughs> second inning, I got about one, two, three. And my team hit four home runs in the first two innings and scored eight runs. And I'm going, boy, I could play for these guys forever. So did you got the victory today? Yeah, I, I won 13 to 3. I went uh, five innings and a seven inning ball game in front of about 3,000 fans with fireworks. It was Canada Day. You know, if you go to Hetford Mines newspaper and you understand French, you'll get a pretty good. Uh, Pretty pretty good article about me. You speak French because of your Montreal experience, right? Was that? Uh, yeah, I can read it pretty well. I can speak it enough to get fed and uh, laid. Well, you <laughs> you once said uh, that you, there's nobody ever going to visit uh, this planet from another planet because you say, what are they going to do? Stop here for water? No, boom, they're going to land here, <laughs> and then fr- boom, frappe la rue. They're going to hit the road. <laughs> yeah, the frappe la rue. <laughs> I like that. That's a weird thing. Buddy LaRue, he cost us the World Series in 75. He did. Yeah. And he was the trainer, right? How did he get in on the ownership? He was the trainer, and he's the one when I had the blister. He didn't know about uh, this uh, silver nitrate stick that the used boxers use it. All you got to do is submerge it in water. It activates it, and you can cauterize any cut and allow a person to continue to pitch. When I went to Montreal in 79, Yvonne Belanger, the trainer of the Montreal Canadiens and the Expos, he used that cauterized stick on my thumb, and I went out and threw the last three innings and threw a shutout against Chicago. <laughs> now, the boxers use it when they have a cut, right? Yeah, I say it heals cuts. Every boxer knows that. You know, it's, uh, you know, silver nitrate is an amazing, uh, you know, it's chemistry. But our buddy LaRue didn't know chemistry. He only knew dog tracks, horse tracks, and Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Bill, you're, you're in your 70s. You're still going out and pitching. I, I got to know, do you want to just – is that where you want it to end? Do you want to die on the mound at some point? Is that you're just going to yeah, keep doing not, it until you do that? Bedford Mines. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's not a bad place to die because there's big holes around there everywhere where they can bury you. So, well, you, you know, know, it was, the it was entire... neat to get a standing ovation in front of 3,000 Canadians all yelling and cheering in French and uh, – you know, it was like going to your own funeral prematurely. <laughs> now, I guess England is a good place to die if you're the Red Sox bullpen. <laughs> Boy, did they suck, huh? Oh, I'm telling you, no, they couldn't commit. They couldn't commit suicide because they never would know where an artery was. <laughs> they, they were awful, man. Now you called in a in a, a rage over uh, a Barnsey's pitching. Barnes has been for shit. Uh, but is there is this a staff, including the – let me ask you this. Is it the starters who disenable the Red Sox? They have to use these guys uh, because the starters don't go five or six. That's exactly right. You're right, you're right, you're right. I mean, no one pitches anymore. They're all throwers. They've all learned to come down the hill hard. They don't pitch. Porcello is probably the only guy that pitches. Price, when he has his changeup pitches, you know, you have to – if you're going to be a starter – you have to have three or four pitches that you can command and keep hitters off balance. Right. Because you got to go through that lineup 
three times. In the old days, we had to go through it four times to get a victory. That's right. No one goes through a lineup four times anymore. No, they're lucky to get through it twice. And then you know, the other yeah. thing that's really ridiculous is it's it's just a strikeout, it's a walk, or it's a home run now. You're right. It's I, We've said this before. It's the psychology of the way they've the attention span of the human being. No one... They don't learn the game. They don't learn to punt. They don't learn to hit and run. They don't learn to go the other way. The manager used to have a job. He doesn't have a job anymore. You know, all he has to do is look at charts and everything else and, you know, Bill James and Cybermetrics and, you know, and La Russa and all those guys. Yeah. Well, that stuff works if you've got good talent. But if you ain't got good talent, it don't work. And I'm telling you right now, we don't go – we don't have good talent. Well, I'll tell you what pisses me off the most because, I mean, anybody that's older than a certain age knows what a complete game is, except that these days no one knows what that is. Uh, the leading team in the American League in complete games, I'm not sure, it's Cleveland maybe, three. Three complete games wow. it, it, all year. It's a half a season gone by, Bill. And, the, and well, the, Piot and I would complete 30 games in a year in between 73 and 75. Right. 30 games every single year. Just That's just two of you. Yeah, that's uh, unbelievable. And that's, Why is he I, throwing a few, you know? But you that's know, part of the reason the for the problem. Is, if you're is, dealing, if you're pitching, and all of a sudden you're doing good in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning, you just cruise on through because you're in a groove. No one gets into a rhythm anymore between commercials and everything else. Pitch count. It's, it's pitch count and everything else. Again. Yeah. What's so your... It's, hey, I don't watch it anymore. I lost my show on Lauren and Wally. They don't call me. They don't call Lauren anymore. They don't call Wally anymore. 38 years, probably. The only information and knowledge you got about the Red Sox was at 745 in the in the morning on Monday when I talked. On Lauren and Wally. Exactly. Now they don't get anything. You know, and it's good because radio is gone to the crapper when they started bringing in all these guys from newspapers and stuff like that yeah. who think they know the game. You know what? They don't know the game. Jimmy Pearsall knew the game. I knew the game. Duke Snyder knew the game. You know, guys that got there in there and played and were in the trenches knew the game. You're bringing in you know, these cybermetric guys that are telling me stuff. I'm watching that game in London, and they're going, you know, well, he's bunting because, you know, he can't see the ball. Next pitch, he swings away. I'm going, these kids are stupid, these <laughs> announcers, you know, and I turn it off. You know, I'm, thank God I'm going deaf so I don't have to mute everything. <laughs> well, that London experience was brutal. Uh, you know, you see the Red Sox, where yeah. they have great attendance figures at home. They take two home games. They go to England, right? Yeah. Thir- 30 runs. I mean, how many, how many runs in that first game? Was it 31 runs? 18 runs and 14, 13 runs, yeah. Uh, I mean, have you ever even been in a game that bad? Well, yeah, we did in the Yankee Massacre, but I wasn't part of that. I threw nine and a third innings in the Yankee Massacre and only gave up one run, home run to Pinella. You know, oh. and that nine and the third innings I threw in back-to-back days, if that had been a start, then we don't play the ball game in September or October right. where uh, we lose the ball game, you know, to uh, Jackson and all those. You don't have to play there. that game if, if if they pitch you. I mean, but Zimmer, <laughs> Zimmer didn't like you. He liked their pussyfoot Mike Therese and Bob Bailey. Wow. <laughs> I remember. Here comes Gossage. Here comes Bailey. Where's Bernie? Where's yeah. Bernie? October 2nd, 1978. You know, and Bailey takes three pitches, and he said, 
the third one sounded high. <laughs> he sucked anyway. He sucked with the Pirates and Montreal, the Dodgers, and then the Red Sox. Yeah, I guess Zimmer loved him. He was a bonus baby. He had a beautiful swing in 69, and that was about it. Yeah, I had a beautiful swing in 69, too, but no one's talking about that. Hey, <laughs> hey, Bill, um, now, just speaking of 69 real quickly, because we have a trivia uh, contest here for you. Uh, but in 1969, is you, that your rookie year? That was my rookie year. I got called up in 69 from Pittsfield. It was also uh, Stonewall, where I got to dance at a chorus line in New York City and get <laughs> stoned by the cops. I also landed on the moon in 69. You were, that's <laughs> your first trip to space, right? Yeah, I was all over the place. Uh, but that was quite the year. That was the year that Nixon got uh, uh, Nixon got inaugurated. Uh, the the uh, Jets won the Super Bowl. The Mets won the World Series. Uh, Helter Skelter, Chappaquiddick, and Woodstock, and and your wow. and your rookie year. What amazing year! Sixty nine was a pivotal year in American history. Fifty years ago now. Uh, now Ben Kitchen has pr- has uh, produced this portion of the program, Ben, uh, you have some questions. It's going to be Bill and I having a little baseball contest. trivia. See who can answer the question correctly. Absolutely. Some baseball trivia. Mikey, we'll start with you. Um, can you name all of the players with at least 600 career home runs? Yeah, of course I can. Then do it. Uh, Sammy Sosa uh, with 600. Oh, Willie Mays, Babe Ruth. Oh, wait. Uh, Bonds. Barry Bonds. Aaron. Uh, Aaron has 755. Uh, oh, Ken Griffey. Yep. Uh, Ichiro, not Ichiro, Sadaharo O. The Japanese guy. Sadaharo right, you're, you're missing three. And his wife was named Sadaharo O. I'm missing He's three. He's not allowed to vote in Japan, you know that. Jim Only Tom- Japanese, <laughs> Japanese are allowed to vote. He's uh, Chinese. <laughs> Jim uh, Tomi has 600. Mm-hmm. Two uh, more. Um, Tommy hit six hundred. Yeah, yeah. six hundred twelve. Wow. Uh, okay, who am I missing though? Okay, well, Alex the, Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. Okay. And Albert Pujols. Great, Albert Pujols. I, he just did my colonoscopy yesterday. <laughs> All right, Bill. In 1975, this pitcher finished 23rd in the AL MVP race. What year? 1975. 23rd. He finished in the. Uh, who was that, Bill? Me. Yes. Yes. Oh, do you think you gave him a duck? Sorry, I gave him an easy one. <laughs> All right, try the hey, next one. Hey, as, as, as Larry McMurtry said in Lonesome Dove, he wrote the book. The next book he wrote was called Anything for Billy. <laughs> That's my favorite book ever written. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Mikey, can yeah. you name the top three active players with the most career home runs? Obviously. Active? Albert Pujols is one yes. of them, obviously. Name the other two. She's uh, 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 Adrian Beltre. Nope. Is he not active anymore? Uh, active players with the most home runs right now? That's what active means. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't name them. Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, Miggy. Edwin Encarnacion. Your questions for me are harder than the ones for Spaceman. Oh, for sure, yeah. Okay, Bill. Trust me, they're, if, if, if they're the home runs leader, they're from some island. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, this one uh, should be a little more difficult for you. This pitcher served primarily as a starter, but did record 19 saves in his career. Who could I be talking about? That would be me. 
That would she, be it. Uh, see what I'm saying? This is crazy. <laughs> What's Anything the problem? Because What's I, the problem? I mean, I know his... Co- I didn't know you were Larry McMurtry. I tell you, <laughs> I thought you died after Lonesome Dove. Uh, all right, try the third one. I mean, I suck right. right now. Of the top 20 players leading the career war category... Uh, war? War. Okay, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Only three players played less than 20 major league seasons. Name two of the three. Ted okay, Williams. Was your feed? Ted Williams? Nope. Uh, all right. This is a see. You're really stacking the deck against me here. You're, all right. I'll, you're I'll asking me about you. war, and I'll I'm make it a easier peace, for you. Peaceful guy. Two Yankees. Derek Jeter. <laughs> no, mu- think much better. Much better Yankees. Yes. Uh, Babe Ruth. No, he played over 20 seasons. Um, Lou Gehrig. There you go. Okay. See, but this is this is useless. No, this is useful. I, but I didn't get any of them right, so this is not good. It, Mickey Mantle would be the other one you're looking for. I love for. Mickey Mantle. I didn't think that was too hard. Hey, you know All who right. gave up Mickey Mantle's final home run, Bill? Who hit the final home run off of me? No, you know who gave up Mickey Mantle's final home run in his career? Mm. Red Sox guy. Radish? Nope. Jim Lomborg. Oh, no. Yeah, Lonnie. Lonnie. All right. Terrible, man. Here's Bill's final question. Last one for Bill. I I wore number seven yesterday when I pitched. I like that number. Who has more career triples, Bartolo Colon or Bill Lee? <laughs> it has to be me because I got one. It is you with one. <laughs> That's great. All right, I got I have another one. Who did I hit it again? Are you you I tell no us? Idea. Mickey Lolich. Oh. <laughs> really? He didn't get the around. Last to... triple hit by a pitcher in the American League regular season was you. I think so. You Off talked Mickey about uh, complete games earlier. Yeah, and I had a bonus question here. In '75, Bill tossed 17 complete games. When is the last season where a pitcher threw at least 17 or more complete games? It's got to be in the '90s, the '80s. It's got to be 1987. Roger Clemens with 18. See that they don't wow. do they don't do that anymore. You know why, wow. Bill? Because these pitchers today, I'm going to say it, they're pussies. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'll tell you. You guys go to. Tetford Mines. <laughs> can't believe it. <laughs> Tetford Mines is, I tell you, it's a, it's a place where they inserted the rectal thermometer into Quebec because there's a lot of holes there. <laughs> well, you know, the doctor told me the difference between a thermometer and a rectal thermometer is pretty much the taste. <laughs> hey, Bill, nice talking to you, my friend. Yeah, I tell you, it's good to be alive, I tell you. How about them U, US, USA women, man? They can play. I love them. I, I, love, I love them very much. They're very goal-oriented. Hey, since this is show... Yeah, they, they can lick any team in North America. <laughs> since this is show 32, does Bill know a 32? See you, boy. All right, see you, Bill. I guess not. Uh, no, he's going back. To, I think he's going back to work. You know, he was on a lawnmower today when I talked to him. Uh, he was very pissed the other day, though, about the pitching of Matt Barnes. Very pissed about that. He called me, left this message about Barnes, saying he's going to come up with some Matt Barnes toilet paper so he can wipe his ass with it every day. Uh, well, it's always good to talk baseball with the spaceman, Bill Lee, member of the Red Sox uh, Hall of Fame. Now, I got to throw a topic out there just briefly here because it really bothers me. It's fresh. It's a fresh topic. Mm. It's the it's the Colin Kaepernick story with the uh, the Nike sneakers with the Betsy Ross flag on them. Are you guys aware of this? What's your opinion of that, Mikey? 
I am so sick of Colin Kaepernick. Now, look, I mean, we all understand that any type of violence, you know, uh, racially instigated violence against any man is wrong. We know that. We know that the, the part of his big flag that he's waving is to prevent that kind of thing. And I'm all for that. I don't think it's as rampant as violence in the inner cities. I don't think that it's the biggest existential threat uh, to uh, people of color in this country, but we'll, we'll let him have his say on that particular issue. The problem that I have is that Colin Kaepernick continues to reinsert himself into the conversation by wielding whatever power he has over Nike to come out with a sneaker on the 4th of July, by the way, that honors Betsy Ross's first American flag. I don't get the connection. Do you? This doesn't make any sense. It, that's the problem. It's not like... Anyone's going to look at that and go, oh, yes, I agree. You know what makes less sense? We can't, uh, I'm sorry, we can't celebrate any part of our past because some of our past is pretty fucking gross. We're all being judged by what our great grandfathers did or something. Well, more in your case, your father. But (laughs) I'm sensitive, Ben. (laughs) Old and sensitive. Um, Get off my lawn. I just don't. I don't know what that has to do with. And that Nike buckles to him. He says, "Wait a minute, this isn't good. Why? Because your country's no good. The country you live in, and you've made millions of dollars, and you're highly successful, and everybody knows you who you are, and you have a platform like this to speak your mind. This country's no good. So what? So yank all the flags? You know, he says to Nike." I don't like this. And Nike says, oh, okay. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. And they pulled the shoe. Sorry, Colin. Did they ask why? Why doesn't he like it? It has to do with, uh, you know, just really, in essence, what he thinks of this country and its history. You know, uh, I mean, it's a long, involved process trying to explain it. But to me, it's like just it's stupid. And by the way, you're not playing anymore. Okay. So what are you doing? I mean, what, what are you trying to do if you're going to become a political spokesman for some company? Well, let me ask you this. When's the last time anyone talked about Colin Kaepernick? Today? Just now? No, four no, no. Before ago. this oh. fucking story. Oh, I don't When's, know. It's been know. a while, right? I think his girlfriend said something mean about him the other day, but I, I'm not but sure. But it's been a while than, that he's been, you know, in the cultural zeitgeist. Right. Right? Right. Hmm. right. Hmm. This is an opportunity. You sniff out an opportunity. To, there you go. To get clicks. To get a little bit of clicks, to get a little bit of attention to your cause, whatever that cause may be. That's all this is. See, I have a cause, and I think it's much more noble than whatever cause he's promoting. You want to kind of tell you what it is? But I don't, what I don't understand is why, does he, why did he continue to take money, or why does he continue to take money from companies that clearly don't share the same values he does? I don't understand that. Lots of money. Lots, lots, of, lots and of lots of money. And I think that the whole premise of the thing is wrong. You know, it's one thing. Black Lives Matter. You know, it, some tragedies have happened. You know, and, and I'm, I'm all for preventing any tragedy that's anything like those tragedies that happened to, you know, the youth of America. My point is that I don't think every single day it's the kind of thing that, go, I mean, right now, you know, we have issues all over this country. You know, they got the border thing going on. we got violence in the cities. You know, we've got well, there's a million problems. I think there are bigger things he could have t- hitch his wagon to that would be, be more important. That's just me. Well, there's also bigger things that the media could be actually paying attention to than this fucking horse shit. <laughs> it's the stupidest fucking – a shoe was not released. Right. Uh, who the fuck cares? With, uh, American flag on it. Tiny Tim wore who American cares? flag sneakers all the time. I I used to roll joints with American flag rolling papers. It's an American flag. It has uh, 
Uh, and it was made and in poor Betsy, China. Poor Betsy Ross, though, you know, she's rolling over in her grave. Betsy is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure of that. All right, uh, I got one more thing I want to talk about. Yes. Do you mind? No, I don't. It's my lift driving this week. Oh, Jesus. My lift. <laughs> Can we have some? There we go. On the road again. <laughs> I can't wait to get on the road again. <sighs> Several things. First of all, I did see a couple. You know how I like to pick out interesting street names? Sure. Chubb Road. Mm. Was it <laughs> Was it semi-hard for you to find? Very exciting. Chubb Road. I got it, Ben. I got it. That was very good. Appreciate it. Uh, I also went by a street called Viscoloid Road. Now, whatever the fuck Viscoloid is, it sounds like something that's wrong with your eye. Oh, you got a bad Viscoloid there in your left uh, corneas. But I just wrote those down because I said Viscoloid. Who names a street Viscoloid Road? Where were you? Lemonster? I don't know. Google Hmm. it. Google it. I, I oh, there's go. the Viscoloid Company in Levenster. I also saw a, <laughs> I saw a sign when I was doing my lift driving that uh, <laughs> that said pants shortened. Now I'm thinking to myself, can't you just buy smaller pants? Not everyone's as rich as you, lift driver. This is boy. a place where you can pull over with your pants, go in and say, "Could I get these shortened, please? A couple inches." Yeah, actually, my right leg is longer than my other ones because there's three inches on the right leg, two inches on the left leg, and then you walk out like, <laughs> like a pirate. But no, they have a sign up, and it's big. It's not a little tiny underneath the sign. You know, Joe's Taylor pants shortened. No, it says Joe's Taylor pants shortened. So people will know if they go by. Now, you can't lengthen pants really. You know, so one side of the equation is if your legs are too short, you have to. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, people don't lengthen their pants is my is my point here. But apparently they shorten them. I'm glad you got that out. Also, I picked up <laughs> I picked up a lady and I, I feel sorry for her in a way because I picked her up at a, a rehab center. Mm. <coughs> Were you just coming out too? No, no. I just the, the thing went off. I went there, I picked her up in my lift vehicle, which is immaculate and it's beautiful. What kind of car is that it's again? Grand Marquis, oh, Mercury, yeah. yeah. Oh, what year is that? It's a Merc, 2006. It's a beauty. It is. The leather, pristine. So I pick her up, and she gets in the car, and she's immediately on the phone bitching at someone. I think it was her mother. <clears throat> explaining to her mother why she left the care of this treatment facility. And she is screaming on the phone to her mother about how the people treated her like shit. Wouldn't even let her have a cigarette. And I'm like, oh, this could be a long ride. She's going all the way to, into Boston. Oh, from where? West, west, way west. So this was going to be a 45 minute, <laughs> 45 minute ride, and I'm just, oh. I'm going to have to listen to this. So then, then she's on the phone trying to do some banking to get some money, some cash out of an account, and she's bitching at the person on the other end of the line. And I'm like, oh man, this woman desperately needs more help. How old was this woman? I would say 30s. Oh, no, maybe late 20s, early 30s. And then, as we're driving along, uh, she's continuing to talk to people and screaming at them on the phone. And then we get there to where I was dropping her off, and she's got four boxes in the back seat with her of, like, FedEx boxes and all kinds of stuff. She says, can you throw this stuff out for me after you drop me off? I'm like, what What am I? You know, the 
I said, yeah, because I really kind of wanted her to get out of the car and move on. Uh, so I guess there's no real point to this story except to, that in the, in the life of a Lyft driver, you never know what you're going to get. I mean, I've told you guys about Gifty. You know, remember when she stole all the sheets and the towels? Oh, yeah. You don't know what you're going to get in a Lyft vehicle is my point here. And I got to tell you that my instinct was to take her right back to that rehab center and said, no, you're not ready yet. You're not ready to go out and meet them public yet. You know, you got lots and lots of anger, lots of issues. That's that's my point of the. That's the moral of the story is don't 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 leave till you're ready. I guess is what I'm saying, Ben. Huh? Mm, thank you. What do you think? Is that, did that come out pretty clearly? Did you uh, get a sense of what it was she was in for? Uh, n- no, I didn't know which substance. I think it was some kind of substance abuse. Yeah. If you had Addict. to imitate Addiction. that woman, what did she sound like? What, what language was she using? Well, she was using English. I mean, <laughs> was it profane? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, she was pissed. I'm not going back there. He gave me like shit. God, okay. Why don't you come over and have a cupcake? You invited her over for a cupcake? I did. Is that a my grandma's cupcake? No. Oh, speaking of my grandma's, yeah. the phrase that pays. That's the, one of the worst transitions ever. <laughs> this is a segue. <laughs> um, oh, wait. First, before we do that, can we, can we, how much time? Do we, have, are we, do we have any time left? How are we doing on time? Let me check. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Yeah, you get plenty of time. I read a story that England has made a new position in their government called the Minister of Loneliness. <laughs> and it's just, this is real. They, because loneliness is a problem, you know, psychologically for people, mental health and all that stuff. When the people get lonely, they get messed up over there in England, apparently. Uh, along with, and there's, there's sometimes their teeth come out really crooked, too. But the lonelier they are, I guess, the worse it can be for the, uh, for the people of, uh, of England. So they have appointed a minister of loneliness. Now, what his job is going to be? I don't know. Maybe he, he calls you and talks to you if you need. Maybe he comes over. When you're lonely. I don't know. But we, what does a minister of loneliness do? Hello? <laughs> I'm lonely over here. That's how he got the job. <laughs> I mean, what does he do? Come over and play checkers with you? Right? Take you shopping? And why do they need that? And what's wrong with me that I have to ask these questions and get no answers? More than 9 million people in Britain, around 14% of the population, often or always feel lonely. That costs UK employers up to $3.5 billion annually. Who who, who came up with those stats? Um, Co-op. Remember the Maytag repairman? Yes. The loneliest man in the world. Remember? Is this Roy Orbison? Oh, you should know this song. This is the theme song for the Minister of Loneliness. What becomes of the brokenhearted? Ah, here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Loneliness. You see? Is this the Righteous Brothers? That's the Walker Brothers. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The Walker Brothers. Yeah. Who no one cared about after this song. The sun ain't going to shine anymore. The Walker Brothers. <laughs> That's for the Minister of Loneliness. It's a lonely re- reference. <laughs> well, there's, and there's hey, hey There, Lonely Boy by Eddie Holman. That's true. Hey There, Lonely Girl. And he can still sing that hey high part. Hey There, Lonely Girl. Last year, former U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy called loneliness a, quote, growing health epidemic. In a Harvard Business Review essay, citing a study that said social isolation is, quote, associated with a reduction in lifespan similar to that caused by smoking 15 cigarettes 
a day. And the phrase that pays is 15 cigarettes a day. You, if, if you tweet that to, to me, at Planet Mikey, you'll win a beautiful coffee cake from my grandma's coffee cake, 1-800-8-GRANDMA. And a pack of Lucky Strikes. What is, what is it called again? 15, what is it, 15? What was it? 15 cigarettes a day. 15 cigarettes a day. That's, That's the phrase that pays. Is that the phrase that pays? 15 cigarettes a day? On a Planet Mikey podcast. Now, would you please, you guys, leave me alone. I want to go over in the corner and be lonely. Oh.